Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You always have to look at the big picture. You know, we're supporting women. We're encouraging women to be in technology. My name is Spree Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast here in Phoenix, Arizona, at the incredible event called ACT, put on by Chick Tech. And I am sitting with Melissa, who is part of Girls in Tech. It's so wonderful that we have all these collaborative organizations working together to empower all of us to be our best selves. Hello, Melissa. Hello. And so, Melissa, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, Girls in Tech and what you do with Girls in Tech. So, I am a co-managing director. Start with your name. Oh, Melissa Drake, and I am a co-managing director with Girls in Tech. And this organization is only about a year old here in Phoenix. We are an international organization based out of San Francisco, and uh, we have several chapters across the world and the nation. And I started it because two years ago, they had a Catalyst Conference here in Phoenix. And I just went uh, one morning and I was hooked because I was listening to different stories with women succeeding and failing. Um, They were CEOs. They were founders of their own companies. It was amazing. I loved it. And Girls in Tech, to be clear, started years and years ago. When was Girls in Tech, the organization overall, founded? You know, it's not that old. I think it's about 10 years old. That's, it's it's pretty, In the tech world, that's pretty ancient. That is <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Girls in Tech started in San Francisco by, what's the founder's name? Adriana. I can't pronounce her name because it's Italian, but I think it's just Capone. Yeah, she's and I used to go to the Women in Tech meetups in Los Angeles. It was much smaller then, and it was mm-hmm. really exciting. And now, Girls in Tech is just all around the world. How many cities is Girls in Tech in, oh or countries? Gosh. I can't recall, but if you go to the website, you can see all of them listed. It's amazing where you can find us. And it's girlsintech.org? Yes. Awesome. Yes. And now, so you're, you kind of, you know, were the power behind this Phoenix chapter, yes. right? Yes. And so what does that look like? How do you become a chapter member? Why do you become a chapter member? If you don't mind us asking, how do you get paid to be a chapter member? What's the incentive? Tell us about that. And if we want to create chapters in our own cities that may not have a girls in tech, is that an opportunity we can pursue? So I asked the CEO, I asked Adriana, I said, do you have a chapter here? And she says, we did, but it quickly, you know, fizzled out. So would you like to 
uh, restart it again. And I said, are you kidding? Actually, I think I said yes right away. And I said, I wouldn't want to do it just by myself. Can I have a co-managing director? And she said yes, and she recommended Rebecca. And uh, Rebecca and I met for dinner, and we talked about it. And Rebecca said, yeah, let's do it. So we did. And um, the process is actually uh, not automatic. Girls in Tech board, you have to meet with them and interview with a couple of the board members. And they have to see. And I think they did that because maybe they were uh, having the same problem with other chapters. You know, they weren't uh, lasting. So they wanted to make sure we were committed. And I completely understand that. So they thoroughly interviewed both of us and wanted to know why we would do it and if we were committed to doing it. And I was very impressed with that because it's not a lax thing. They just don't let anyone start it up. And Rebecca and I are very committed. And I'm not in tech anymore. But um, I believe in it because, or I support it because I was an engineer for about 14 years, and I was involved with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, and I'm a lifetime member. I still participate in their events. And we promote STEM within those members, and that's what we're trying to do here. But from um, young students in middle school all the way to women that now want to pursue tech. And um, actually, I'm in that boat right now myself. Uh, I want to go back into tech. And I think it's because I'm in Girls in Tech and I got that uh, inspiration. And I'm a high school teacher right now teaching math and IT. So I think I have the qualifications still, even though I've been out of the business for a while. And hearing the workshops here at ACT has been very motivating, again, to just keep pushing that and achieving my new career in tech. And I want to get more in, uh, I want to talk more about ACT and, and a, or, or a, AKA ACT. I'm not sure actually how they're saying it, but I'm going with ACT. <laughs> um, but before we move on to that part of the conversation, uh, what does it mean to start a chapter and is it something anybody can do? How much time does it take? I think it varies because what they did at corporate, they put us in touch with existing chapters, which is great. And we would call them and ask them, okay, well, what are you guys doing in your chapter? And uh, what we had planned, Rebecca and I, we kind of started with a mission statement and we said, okay, well, what do we want to do? What are our goals? So we wanted to help girls and women pursue technology and women that are in existing technology, how can they move up? And the other aspect, the other area was uh, mentoring. We want to mentor young girls all the way to adult women. So um, like I said, not anyone can do it. Uh, Corporate is kind of picky about who does it. So it was like a two-month process. And then we had to find our board before they approved us, actually. So our board is, I think, about 10. And the reason I'm kind of, I am sound doubtful is because we had some turnaround. It's hard. It is hard doing a full-time job and being a volunteer. And I've done the volunteer thing for years with the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. And it's very, very hard. 
it's like you have a, a second job, especially yeah. if you're in leadership. So we pick and choose our battles. That's what we're pretty good at. Yeah. And we had a retreat in August, and we kind of gave our group energy because, you know, you got to focus, even though your job might be, you know, a task of, uh, like, say, creating an event or planning an event, the big picture, you always have to look at the big picture. You know, we're supporting women. We're encouraging women to be in technology. So we got that motivation to keep us going, even though we kind of have to do these tasks that are time-consuming, but the big picture is what we're going for. Right. And what we found is that we are very active compared to the other chapters. We have something going on that's significant, which is our speaker series uh, that we have every month. We have a panel or a company come and or have a sponsor to um, support that speaker. A venue usually right. is the case. And they give different stories about how they are involved in tech. And these women may not have a degree in tech. They may work in HR, but they communicate how their company supports tech jobs or tech careers. And they do want every tech company that I talk to or even non-tech companies that have tech areas in their businesses want to hire women. They really do. So uh, that's great to hear. We just need to qualify, get qualified women and we need to help them do that and there's many programs out there even just certifications and coding organizations that want to provide that training to women and and how did you first initially get involved becoming a software engineer did did you have technology in your home growing up no not at all Um, but my geometry teacher was very inspirational and I wanted to be a mathematician because I was really good at math and he's like no maybe your best bet is becoming an engineer because you're applying the math and I said you know what I like that so uh, and actually before that when I was in middle school we would have these speakers come and there was this one gentleman from the El Paso Electric Company that's where I'm from And I don't know what he said, but it inspired me from then on uh, to become an engineer. And then when I got more successful in math, I was kind of changing that track. And my math teacher pursued, I mean, encouraged me to continue on with it. And when I was a freshman, I ended up going to New Mexico State University. And I enrolled in the electrical engineering program. And I joined the society back then. And that motivated me even more because it's very easy to drop out because engineering, the curriculum is very hard. Yeah, It's very, very hard. And I quickly got into this organization and I became very involved. I, you know, was an officer and my GPA went down because of that. Yeah. But I didn't mind so much because I really enjoyed the leadership aspect of it. And I was able to accomplish my degree and I ended up on the board of the society as a student. So that was very exciting for me. It opened up many doors. So um, on the engineering side, I got to work for NASA. I got to work uh, here for Motorola and on semiconductor. 
So amazing. I've had different experiences and I surprise myself when I talk about it and I can't believe I've done all that. Why did you leave that world to the teaching world and then now now you're missing that world? So why leave it in the first place? Well, I was laid off when 9-11 occurred and many businesses were going down, including uh, Semiconductor. So one day I was driving in and I was seeing my boss leaving and I'm like, what the heck? Why is he leaving? It's the beginning of the day. So when I walk in, I learn, you know, lots of people are being laid off. Yeah. And our boss was just laid off. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it was totally unexpected. So while I was laid off, I had a baby, one-year-old. And I said, well, I should go sub. Yeah. I'm going to take a break from tech, and I'm going to go sub. And it was the most... Substitute teach. Yeah. yeah. And it was awful. It was so awful. That makes sense that you became a teacher. <laughs> it, was, it was an eighth grade class, and they were just so mean. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I appreciate what teachers do so much. And, in fact, at the end of the semester, I wrote them this long letter, and I said, this is so amazing what you do. I totally appreciate what you do. No one really knows Unless you do it. And this is why I get so upset with people, administrators, the government that don't support teachers because they don't know what it's like. They make all these decisions and they really don't know what we go through. So I decided to pursue the career and I went to school and I got my certificate and I've been doing it since. It's it's very rewarding in one yeah. aspect. It is hard, but very rewarding because these kids will come back and tell you. Because of you, I went to go major in engineering. Yeah. Because I started an engineering program at my last job. Yeah. And that makes me very happy. Even though it's a small group of kids, yeah. we're still very close and we, we still connect. And I love that. I really do. But I think I need to go to my next career. I think I'm ready for the next step. Totally. And what's your what's your favorite thing so far at ACT? What do you love about ACT produced by Chick Tech? I think because it brings all of us together, all these women organizations together. And we network and we support each other. And it's it's great. I feel very comfortable being here. So I like that. And I, I love the networking part. Awesome. Thank you so much, Melissa, for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Thank you so much. One last question is how can people connect with you? Um, Girlsintech.org and then find our little uh, state. You click on that and then you can fill in your information and you'll be automatically added to our distribution No, list. but how can they connect with you? Oh, with me? Yeah. So that's a good one. We do have a Facebook page and actually I'm the main contact on there. My personal phone number is on there and um, also you can contact me uh, melissa.drake at girlsintech.org Perfect! Awesome! I appreciate you hanging out with the Women in Tech <laughs> podcast. Remember to say hello to more extraordinary women in tech by connecting with us on the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com or and slash say hello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Women in Tech Show. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye! <laughs> Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. 
So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.